BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I used to be friends with Brian Colbert during my middle and high school years. And then before anyone comes at me and says that I'm just running for clout, I'm not. I have pictures that I will show you. I have screenshots that I will show you. I have fearable pictures that I show you. I went to school with the kid. I was friends with him. I'm, I wouldn't make something like this up. I am just an absolute shocker. We review the accounts of people who know accused killer Brian Koberger. Could their interactions with him tell us something about why he allegedly murdered four University of Idaho students? Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law and Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. Let's talk about Brian Koberger. This is the man who's been charged with four counts of first-degree murder and felony burglary for allegedly stabbing to death four University of Idaho students. I'm talking about the killings of 21-year-old Kaylee Gonzalez, 21-year-old Madison Mogan, 20-year-old Zana Kernodal, and 20-year-old Ethan Chapin, whose bodies were found in their off-campus home on November 13th. Now that there is a face to this crime, or maybe I should say an alleged face, something has happened. And it's something that happens in almost all of the cases that we cover. People who know a suspect come forward. And that is what is happening here. People who know Brian Koberger have started speaking out. And that's what we want to talk about right now. We're going to go over five people, or maybe I should say five accounts of people who know Brian Koberger. And their descriptions, their interactions with him are very important. Why? Because we still don't know why he did this. What motivated him? What drove a 28-year-old PhD grad student studying criminology at Washington State University to suddenly murder four college students who, as of right now, seem like complete strangers to him? There's been no established connection between Koberger and the victims, which just makes this so much more eerie. It doesn't make sense. Now, I say this again. I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Allegedly did this. He is innocent until proven guilty, but Putting that to the side, we are still going to review the accounts of these people and understand a little bit more. Now, I have gone on record, and I have said that even though a lot of information has been disclosed in the probable cause affidavit, 
the affidavit from police that lists out the evidence that led them to arrest Koberger, the DNA, the surveillance footage, the potential eyewitness in the house, the car, the cell phone records. I believe that there is a lot more that either is known to investigators that hasn't been disclosed, or that there is more that will be learned between now and an eventual trial of Brian Koberger. And one of those critical pieces of evidence that usually comes out later on is the testimony of people who met or interacted with him. Now, I'm not saying that anyone can just testify about Brian Koberger. At a trial, there are rules, of course, about what someone can testify to and for what purpose. Is it relevant? Is it overly prejudicial? But at this point, we are still in the investigation stage. We are still in the learning stage. Police are asking people who have information on Brian Koberger to come forward as this investigation continues. And I can't tell you how many times statements that are made by a defendant, either before a crime is committed or especially after a crime is committed, how many times those end up haunting a defendant at a trial, particularly if they say something while in jail to fellow inmates. Many defense cases have been derailed by loose lips in jail. So, of course, the question will be, has Koberger said anything or will he say anything to anyone while locked up? And he's seemingly going to be there for a while because, as we reported on Long Crime, we covered Koberger's status hearing where he, we learned he will remain in the Lata County Jail without bail as he awaits a preliminary hearing now on June 26th. Sir, you do understand, and Ms. Taylor has represented here, that she's advised you of your right to have um, or fully discussed with you the right that you have, which is to have your preliminary hearing within 14 days of the date that you initially appeared before this court. As you recall, uh, when I advised you of your rights, that hearing is a probable cause hearing where the state has to establish that more likely than not, these felony offenses were committed and you are the one that committed the felony offenses. If you waive your right to a speedy preliminary hearing, it does not mean that you're giving up your right to have a preliminary hearing. It simply means that you would not be able to come back and challenge that the state did not present probable cause within 14 days. Do you understand? Yes. Have you had enough time to speak with Ms. Taylor about your decision to waive your right to a speedy preliminary hearing? Yes. Do you need any additional time to do so? No. Then I will ask at this time, as to the five counts, felony counts, that were charged in the uh, criminal complaint that was filed on December 29th of 2022, are you waiving your right to a speedy preliminary hearing and agreeing that that hearing can be held outside the 14-day period? Yes. Okay, so let's get into the people that know Koberger, and we're going to start with Josh Ferraro. So Josh Ferraro actually went to school with Brian Koberger. As the news broke about Koberger's arrest, Ferraro went on TikTok and explained this. Guys, what's going on? Josh Ferraro here. Um, I went to college with Brian Koberger. Um, I've been looking at his picture all day. I've been saying the name all day in my head. And I was like, I know this guy. I know this guy. And then he, came, he went to DeSales University. I'm like, I know I had a class with him. I know it. I know it. The name sounds so familiar. And he looked very familiar. But I just couldn't, I couldn't put a point on it. And he lost so much weight. When I knew him, he was a pudgy guy. He was really friendly. He led my biology project at DeSales University. And um, he was a pretty smart guy. And he was interested in criminal justice, and I remember having classes with him. And for this guy to do that is beyond me. I mean, he was a really nice guy. And 
he does not look like that nice guy anymore. I mean, the guy that I'm seeing on the news looks like a cold-blooded killer. The guy that I went to college with, that dude was nice. He was a nice guy. We studied criminal justice together. He was a really nice guy. And I'm devastated and heartbroken that I knew this guy and that he did this. I'm devastated for those families. I never thought that it would be someone close to home from the Lehigh Valley at the Sales University. And here is the biology project and from 2018. We are studying Daphnia. And how to, there he is. And he led this project. 11, 16, 18. Now, I want to make it clear. I, this was not a close friend. This was a guy I did a project with. And my first impression of him was, he's a little odd, but he's a nice guy. You know, um, does not stand out. But, you know, is a, is a, he blended in. Like, he was a pretty normal guy. And he does not look like a normal guy now. He looks so skinny and so threatening. He, it's, I'm shocked. And this is not uncommon in these kinds of cases, right? That shock. You know someone that's accused of committing a heinous crime. It comes out of left field. We see it all the time on the trials that we cover on long crime. People cannot believe that the defendant is accused of doing what he or she is accused of doing. But what is very interesting is how he explains that Koberger was this nice, normal guy. So as we try to understand what may have led Koberger to allegedly do this, you have to wonder, was Koberger always harboring these feelings? Or did something happen? Was there a change? Was there a snap? The weight loss is notable, too, because there have been reports from people who went to high school with Koberger that he was overweight and that he was bullied but then dramatically lost a ton of weight, and he doesn't look the same as he used to. And it's been reported that Koberger was a drug addict back in the day, that he abused heroin. In fact, a former friend of Koberger's also took to TikTok to talk about her experience with the accused killer. She called me and asked me about the, the murders. Um, I didn't know where she was going with it until she said that it was Brian Koberger, and naturally I freaked out and called about eight of my friends. Um, my brother was really good friends with him. My other friend, Brandon, was really good friend, friends with him. I'm going to have a picture of him with him um, on the green screen as well. I'm shaking still. Um, but anyway, let me let me show you. This is back. This is Brandon, the one I was just talking about. It's his wife, Brianna, and that's me. This was back in 2017. Obviously, that's Brian. Um, still has the dead face that... It's thighs, I don't know. Um, but when I spoke to him back in 2017, he was clean. Um, he was a heavy heroin user uh, back in high school. And um, it was just nice to see the kid clean up. And at that time he said he was doing security detail. I believe it was out of school is what he told me. Um, but he seemed like he was better. Obviously that wasn't true. Here's another picture from a party that we had at Brandon's house. That's Brian there. He used to be a bigger kid as well. Um, but again, that's him. And then at the same wedding, I'm here, but he's back there. He was out sitting at the same table as me and my mother. Um, but he is back there enjoying a drink. I was sitting right next to him. We talked. He seemed fine. My mom sent me the old 
school yearbook. That was him. Brian Koberger, that's him. He went to Pleasant Valley. Graduated with, I think, my friend Christopher. A year um, older. Sorry, younger than me. This is when he um, nonchalantly decided to make me drive him around the Poconos for heroin. And I had no idea. I thought I was just doing a nice deed because he needed something. And it turns out that he was getting heroin. Now, like Mr. Ferraro, it is important in this case for her to show the receipt. She's showing the evidence that she actually knows Koberger with pictures and text messages, text messages, because in high profile cases like these, there are those who might claim that they know him and they really don't. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. But so far, these are people who said that they only knew him as a nice kid. Maybe he had some problems. He looked like he had a normal look. Maybe he had these dead eyes, but then he never said or did anything to indicate to them that he would commit a quadruple homicide. So that brings me now to someone else, someone who had a strange encounter with Koberger before the killings. A woman has come forward and indicated that she went on a date with Brian Koberger. Now, this is 26-year-old, now 26-year-old Haley Willett, and she told the Daily Beast that she went on a date with Koberger in 2015 when she was in college. They met on Tinder, they went to the movies, and then after the movies, according to her, things got weird. She says he drove her back to her dorm, and she says, quote, he started being really pushy about coming up to her room, so she lets him up and said that while he was, quote, very polite and nice on the date, he, quote, completely changed gears. She said, quote, definitely felt uncomfortable when he decided he needed to wait outside of the bathroom for me, 
So she ends up pretending like she's throwing up in the bathroom, and he ultimately leaves. And then later on in the night, he messages her that she has good birthing hips, and they never speak again. I was so lucky that I was never hurt. I was never raped um, by anyone I went on a Tinder date with. Um, however, it could have been me. Um, I could have been the one hurt. Um, I could have been killed. I could have been raped. And I did not take any precautions to prevent that from happening to me. So I am very fortunate that none of that happened to me. Obviously, her account is eerie, and she describes very odd behavior. And look, I don't think that this is someone who would testify in Koberger's trial. I don't think that what she has to say is particularly relevant that ties to the killings. Why this is interesting is because it goes back to Koberger's psyche. You see, according to reporting by several outlets, Koberger was bullied in high school by girls and that he would act creepy towards women. In fact, NBC News reported that according to the owner of a brewery, which Koberger had frequented, female employees would complain about him. He would sit by himself and he would observe and he would watch and he would ask women who were at the bar who they were there with and where they lived. And if they refused to engage with him, he would allegedly get visibly upset. Now, I will tell you, I am no criminal profiler in any sense, but in a case where you have three young women savagely murdered, along with the boyfriend of one of them, and the cell phone evidence indicating that he was near the crime scene 12 times prior to the night of the murder and maybe was stalking them, you have to wonder, did he have some particular hatred towards women. An obsession was something a trigger for him. If you go back to the probable cause affidavit, it states that DM, who was one of the surviving roommates, thought that she heard crying coming from Kernodal's room. And then she said she heard a male voice saying, quote, it's okay. I'm going to help you. We don't know if this was what was actually said. We don't know if this was even Koberger. But now that we are learning more of his backstory, and the way he allegedly behaved towards women. Taking this statement as true, that does make you wonder what may have happened here. I am completely shocked. Um, but rotten hell, if it was you. So. Okay, now let's get into the people that not only know Brian Koberger, but those that have come forward and said he either made strange comments to them or acted differently after the killings. First, we have a neighbor of Koberger's who spoke with CBS News. Now, this neighbor claims that only a few days after the killings, when all of us had very limited information about the crime, Koberger allegedly, quote, asked if this neighbor had heard about the murders, and then Koberger allegedly said, quote, yeah, it seems like they have no leads. Seems like it was a crime of passion. So, of course, the question is, why would Koberger say that? Why would he say that at that point, making conclusions based on information that maybe only the killer would know? Now, you could say, well, this story went viral. Everyone across the nation was following it. Everyone was coming up with theories as to what happened, even with a lack of information, especially people online. So is it a big deal that Koberger said this? I would say in and of itself, probably no. But do not be surprised if this neighbor is subpoenaed to testify in an upcoming trial. I think you couple that statement with the other evidence, the DNA, the cell phone, the car, the surviving roommate account. Statements like these 
could add up to be very bad for Brian Koberger, just part of the prosecution's case. This is important because, as I mentioned, defendants slip up. They say things that they shouldn't say. They do things that they shouldn't do. They make statements at the time that could be benign, but now looking back could be highly incriminating. And that is what I believe the prosecution needs next in this case. In fact, the prosecution is looking for more information about Koberger in building their case against him. Did he say something? Did he do something? In fact, here is Lata County Prosecutor Bill Thompson asking for help from the public after police arrested Koberger. This is not the end of this investigation. In fact, this is a new beginning. Y'all now know the name of the person who has been charged with these offenses. Please get that information out there. Please ask the public, anyone who knows about this individual, to come forward, call the tip line, report anything you know about him to help the investigators and eventually our office and the court system understand fully everything there is to know about not only the individual, but what happened and why. And by the way, Anjanette Levy, my co-host here on Sidebar, actually spoke with another one of Koberger's neighbors, too. Did you ever hear anything up there or anything like that? Yeah, we, we heard, you know, we heard loud sounds during the night. Yeah. A lot of, many times. No. Yeah. Not just one sentence. So it seemed like he's a, a night person, not no. do a lot of things during the day, but during the night he yeah. reacted. Right. To, like, like clean the floor sometimes. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Sure. In keeping with this theme of people who know Koberger, let's finish it off with his classmates at Washington State University. So I, I'll say this is not, you know, the fifth person to come out, but this is more a fifth account we'll talk about. So the Idaho statesman interviewed two classmates, and they indicated that they had several classes with Koberger and explained how Koberger would talk during every class. He would participate. He was very vocal. He was social. Ben Roberts, a criminal justice grad student, said, quote, he seemed gregarious and outgoing. That was really the only impression that I got. He was making the rounds. He definitely seemed a little more eager than some of the others that were present to go around and introduce himself. Another classmate who chose to remain anonymous explained, quote, Brian only talked about his interest in forensic psychology. He was an incredibly strong student 
and talked during class every time. He sat front and center and was not hiding or tucking back in the back. They go on to say he was right there in the middle of it. Now, this is consistent with what we know about Brian Koberger and that he had this interest in criminology. In fact, in the probable cause affidavit, it indicated that Koberger applied for an internship with the police department. And also, he curiously posted a Reddit survey that asked participants to provide information to, quote, understand how emotions and psychological traits influence decision-making when committing a crime. Now, there has been speculation and there have been theories that his interest in crime and murder and the feeling and psychology behind it is maybe what drove him to commit these killings. Perhaps he wanted to know what it felt like to kill. Obviously, we don't know. But the observations from his classmates may further that narrative. Now, here is what is key. According to this classmate of Koberger's, this social, talkative, energetic guy, quote, became completely silent when it came to discussing the Idaho murders. I could be wrong, but again, don't be surprised if these classmates end up testifying against Brian Koberger in a larger trial. And don't also be surprised, as time goes on, if more people come forward to discuss their interactions with Brian Koberger as well. And that's all we have for you here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.